Hyundai's most electric EV lineup changes the way you look and feel about EVs, specifically Hyundai EVs. Hyundai's EV lineup has everything you've been yearning for in your next or first EV, boldly captivating your senses. There's the ultra-fast charging in the Ionic 5 and Ionic 6 from 10 to 80% in as little as 18 minutes. There's the fun-to-drive lineup and the tech-infused standard safety features like highway driving assist and blind spot collision warning. Plus, you get America's best warranty with a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited electric battery warranty. Learn more about Hyundai EVs at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. America's best warranty claim based on total package of warranty programs. See dealer for limited warranty details. See your Hyundai dealer for further details and limitations. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Tuesday, April 28th, and we are going to grade the AFC. Every single AFC team, we will give them a letter grade, and then we will uh, debate with some great mirth as to whether or not those grades are good. Make sure to go check out the uh, nightly reactions in the uh, podcast feed from every single day of the draft. And then uh, Chris Trapasso joined me. So see, uh, we did the Super Friends after Thursday night. We finished podcasting at 3.30 in the morning. Um, we did a recap on Friday, of course. Uh, I think, was it uh, myself, Josh Edwards, and R.J. White? And then Chris Trapasso joined me after Saturday. Ryan, were you there too? R.J. wasn't there. I was there, but thanks. I don't, uh, yeah, Things are ble- bleeding together pretty well. Finished earlier that night, 2.30. That's right. Finish at 2.30. Uh, and then Trapasso and I actually finished by 8 o'clock on Saturday. And uh, then we, the four of us, broke down the NFC. Previously, we'll have tons of draft coverage and fallout over the next few weeks. Breach, how you doing, buddy? I'm still trying to get over to the Packers draft. I, I haven't come to terms with it. Um, and until I do, I'm not sure I can talk football. Okay. I'm just kidding. I can talk football, See you football, later, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. That was quick. Yeah. <laughs> Ready to kick me off the podcast in no time. Trying well, to usurp I'm my, trying my spot. To, look, man, your baby needs some some father in her life. I'm just trying to help her out. I care about the kid. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> What's up, everyone? <laughs> uh, let's get to it. The AFC East. I'm grading. I'm handing out these grades, and we're going to start with the Miami Dolphins. Who uh, look? Let's give them an, uh, an A plus for their smoke screening. Actually, you know what? I'm giving. I'm going to give them, I'll just give the same grade for their smoke screen as their actual draft. And A minus is what I'm giving the Dolphins. Um, they pretended like they loved Justin Herbert. They pretended like they loved Jordan Love. They pretended like they were going to try and do some kind of crazy package up for Joe Burrow, even though the Bengals told them very clearly and in no, in no uncertain terms, no, uh, when they called the first time. The Dolphins were leaking out everything and anything and everything, just trying to create a giant uh, maw of disinformation. And it technically, I suppose, it worked because they landed – Tua Tungavailoa at number five, picked up uh, Austin Jackson with their second first-round pick, the tackle out of USC. And then with their third uh, first-round pick of the night after trading back, they landed Noah Igbenogany, the, uh, you know, uh, what school did he play for? Is he Rutgers? Auburn. Auburn. Auburn, that's it. Um, I, I was chuckling to myself because I was like, ha-ha, I know how to pronounce this with ease now, and then I forgot where he went to school. He went to Kentucky um, with Randall Cobb. <laughs> Uh, they also got, uh, Robert Hunt. For those who don't know, um, if you don't watch our daily show. I got left on a strand, I got stranded on an island by these three jerks. That's the, that's the, next question. You jumped out of the plane with like above a deserted island. <laughs> and that's how you ended up on a deserted island. You were holding my back and the parachute came off as I jumped out of the plane. Uh, well, four, four to five PM every single day on CBS Sports HQ. Um, if you love this podcast or even enjoy mildly enjoy this podcast and want to fire that up for four to five, it'd be great. It's free. It's on your CBS Sports app on your Roku, Amazon Fire, Xbox, uh, or just your phone. And uh, if you want, to, yes, Sean. Also, I've heard you know via Twitter some people don't like the fact that the host of this podcast interrupts people. If you don't like that, you will like the HQ show because it's literally impossible for us to interrupt each other. Yeah. The, 
the, uh, the, the machinations of the, the stuff behind the scenes is such that, uh, we have to be actually polite and not interrupt each other. So I, yes, that's right. If you're the, the jerk face who left us a two star review because I interrupt everybody, go check out the show. I can't do that. And, but because of those same machinations, it makes it difficult to answer people's questions, uh, when they're asked non-specifically, such as, Ryan Wilson in the middle of the show while describing Lynn Bowden as we broke down the Packers uh, draft um, said <laughs> and the, the lack of wide receivers was trying to compare him to a former NFL player and said, the guy who went from the Cowboys to the Texans, who is that? What's his name? <laughs> He's not a former NFL player. <laughs> former Packers, former Packers players. By I mean. the way, that's a, that's a spot on impression of me. I just thought I was listening to a recording of Ryan Wilson. What the? <laughs> was it actually good? No, it was terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't know. I couldn't remember his name, and I I could either just sit there and stare at the camera, which I have done before, or put it out there to you guys. And and during the same show, Wilson claimed he had never met my family, even though he was literally at my wedding two years ago and, in fact, met my entire family uh, and then said fake news. He was never there. I don't know what's going on, Wilson. This was not your day. But you know what? You just did 72 straight hours of draft coverage. So we can't we can't knock you too hard for it's your memory. I've been working for four straight months. <laughs> yeah, that, that is fair. You have like a combo of quarantine brain and like draft like draft weekend brain. So you're you're allowed to forget who Randall Cobb is, and you know to, to completely humiliate and uh, disrespect Breach's entire family outside of his father. <laughs> that that was too far. I do apologize. <laughs> Wilson, what did you think about the Dolphins' work in this draft? I thought they crushed it. Did you give your draft grade yet? I didn't hear A minus. Yeah. I don't even know. I think I was going to give him an A, and I only gave him an A minus because I was annoyed at the the smoke screening, and because I think it is like, um, I'm not sure that they needed to smoke screen anybody. Like I think they could have just sat at five and take two without like like flooding the world with Justin Herbert. Yeah, I just think that was a, a preemptive move just in case. But I'm with you. I give him an A, and I give him the minus just for annoying uh, me because I, I missed that pick. I had Tua going to Miami forever, and then the last mock draft I had them not taking him. Uh, Austin Jackson, some people are torn on in terms of where he is in his development. He'll he, He's a great athlete. He'll need to grow into the role. You mentioned Iguanagany. Robert Hunt can play right tackle. He'll probably kick inside to, to guard. Raquan Davis was a first round pick forever. He just never played like it. And I remember talking to a scout in the fall that said, you just, sometimes you want a guy who looks like that to be a first round pick and maybe it's not meant to be. And I think that's the case with Davis, but if anyone can get the most out of him, it's, uh, Brian Flores. And, um, I'll mention two more names. Jason Strobridge out of UNC. He's 275, so he's sort of a tweener in terms of defensive and defensive tackle. Uh, I think he's going to add a lot of depth there. And then Curtis Weaver, the edge rush out of Boise State, insanely productive, uh, last season. Just their questions about his athleticism. Um, so we'll see what happens, but that's more depth on a defense that needs to get better. I think Blake Ferguson, I don't have the um, positions for I think he's a long snapper, right? If he is, let's assume he is. I actually said on the show to, to EK during um, during the uh, Saturday day three coverage, I, I said I had Blake Ferguson as my number one long snapper. And he came ah, in, I go, no, I, I didn't watch any long snappers. <laughs> well, did you Did you hear uh, Daniel Jeremiah, too, uh, was, on, was asked about him on the – and he goes – yeah, he had uh, my number one rated touch to toe time in the entire uh, in the entire draft class. Because no, you know, from the snap to the to the kick, he's like, no, I haven't. Well, he's like, I, look, I'll be honest, I didn't watch a second of long snapper uh, uh, film or or draft preview. So uh, you're you're right up there uh, with DJs not watching. I'm sure Breach did though. Uh well, let me ask Wilson a question. With that, uh, you know, I thought the the 18th overall pick with Austin Jackson. You mentioned people were split on that. Maybe they should go another route of offensive line. Uh, maybe Jackson was lower first round or second round. But let me ask you about, uh, you know, taking a corner there with the 30th overall pick. Obviously, they just signed Byron Jones. They have Xavier Howard. Should they have thought about going safety there? Were you surprised uh, they didn't? That's a, that's a great point because they did. They, they, I mean, they stocked up on these cornerbacks, and they have Xavier Howard, and you mentioned they traded for um, Byron Jones. So number 30, right? Yeah, Igbenogany's there. So – the next safety, Xavier McDaniels, Dan, Xavier McKinney, excuse me, went off at 36. So that would have made a, a ton of sense. And I think I had mocked Xavier McKinney to them at some point. Um, but clearly they, they felt differently. I don't know if their plans are to move some of these guys around in terms of where they lined them up in the secondary. Um, the thing about Igmanogany is, and we don't know what they're going to do with Xavier Howard either because of the off-field stuff, but he's only played safety for two years, and he had a really good season last year. He wasn't much in the way of, of generating turnovers, but he was really good in, in sort of blanket coverage. But that's a great point, Breach, and something I thought about when, when I saw his name come across the old scroll there. Mm. So what's interesting is that I, I didn't mind the, the pick at corner, and I think when you look at 
the Belichick school of thinking, you obviously prioritize defensive backs over players up front. And a year ago, we had a team go from the 32nd worst defense by DVOA into the top five in Tampa Bay. I don't think that's going to happen in Miami. I, you never see that kind of leap usually on a, on a one year, just with one off season. But I really do think when you look at free agency and you look at this draft and all the attention's obviously focused on Tua, but I think this defense has a chance to be top half of the league. And it's going to take a lot because they were 32nd. But I think when you add in all those players in free agency and this draft, I won't be shocked if this is a top half defense and that suddenly means if Tua is as good as he is or, you know, you get some good Fitzpatrick games in there before Tua steps in, like this team could maybe sneak in as a wild card contender. And maybe that's insane to say and maybe that's reactionary. But I think this team is so much more talented than they were a year ago already. Yes, it, incredibly. I mean, it's it's night and day. And I think, too, like, you know, one of the things that gets lost in the idea in the whole construct of tanking in the NFL or what people believe is tanking um, is that when you when you strip down your your team and you roll with a young questionable group of guys you're inherently giving people a chance to shine like someone like Devonte parker was able to finally break out because he was given the runway to go out there and play well um you know i don't know that i i, th- I think that there will probably be too many people jumping on this bandwagon for 2020 for my taste um same with the i think the bills and the and the, and the dolphins will be public like will be popular uh, trendy picks, the Bills to win the division and the Dolphins to, to be a wildcard team. Uh, but look, I mean, if Brian Flores is a legit coach, you know, it might happen. I will say I do just think, and not that we're looking this far ahead, but I think the AFC East will probably only send one team to the playoffs next season just because of how not just the changeover, but the fact that they probably have the hardest group of schedules because they play the AFC West and the NFC West. Wow. So these teams have to deal with, obviously, the 49ers, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals, and, you know, the AFC West beefed up behind the Chiefs. The Broncos should be good. Uh, the Raiders and the Chargers, obviously, have a fantastic defense. So that's not going to be easy for any AFC East team, you know, to win more than one of them to win 10 games. I would bank on – that's a great point, Breach. I would bank on uh, the winner of this division being – uh, the owner of whichever third-year quarterback takes a big leap. Like if if if, if Sam Darnold takes it, um, I think the Jets could win the division. And if Josh Allen, like I know this is not a discussion of whether Josh Allen uh, can take a leap, but simply a, a statement that if he does make a leap, and we we know that he can. I mean, it's possible if he does take a leap. Uh, the Buffalo Bills could be a very very good football team uh, in 2020. Speaking of those buffalo bills let's get to their grade i gave the bills a b they landed aj epinesa zach moss gabriel davis my guy jake from you love jake from um i had him as the number one overall pick in my 2020 my early 2020 uh, mock draft as someone pointed out to me on Twitter when I said that Jake Fromm is was always going to be a day three pick what i meant was <laughs> draft <process>. see it <laughs> I didn't was, mean like, like always, like forever. Like, you know, like he, when he was, uh, what I meant was. Did you, did AK just say you hate to see it? Yes. Oh, your wife just got, you hated to see it. Oh man. She nailed it. Dunked on by your wife. She walked up here, it was quiet and opened the fridge and got some stuff to take down for supper and then hate to see it. Hate dropped. I hate to see it all. Where's the dick by tell dunked on music yeah, for the, the AK Brinson dunking on her husband? <laughs> oh, I just found the tweet. It's amazing. That, put it in the slot. And it's always so weird having. Can I say how many likes did it get? I was like shamed. I replied to him. I was like, I meant. I mean, like, I think you know what I meant, there, right? <laughs> I mean, well, well, do you know what the word always means? Let's start there. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, hell. Uh, Brinson, Brinson's looking for this Vitel sound bite. I can tell. And that to, uh, I'm going to pin that to like a part of my computer so I can play it over and over again. That needs to be our new dunked on sound, huh? Um, okay. Moving along, the, uh, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, do anybody have any thoughts on their draft? I guess we sort of touched on it really with their, the possibility of them. Uh, winning the, uh, the the division. Cool. Great. Grand. I, I will say they got a steal with Tyler Bass. I thought he was the best kicker in the draft. Probably should have been the first one taken. 
And, uh, you know what? You need a good kicker in Buffalo because the weather is all over the place. And I think he'll play, he'll do well there. Oh, I will mention this, uh, quickly. Uh, Brinson. <laughs> I got a point after too. <laughs> Brinson's first overall pick, Jake Fromm. He has eight and a half inch hands. He plays in Buffalo now, which is a cold weather city. And he struggled in, in poor weather in Georgia. So that's just something to keep an eye on. Did we? I, Oh, do you have a point? Yeah. Oh, oh, he thought I was being sarcastic. No, it was actually about from. I don't mind the pick because I think, look, we, we just talked about if Josh Allen makes a leap, there's also a reasonable case to be made that maybe he won't make the leap. So I think, like, it's a little bit of insurance, and it's a fifth-round pick, so you're not really wasting high capital on a developmental quarterback. And also, Josh Allen plays a really physical style of quarterback, and so there's always the risk that he's going to take one bad hit and break an arm or whatever it may be. So I don't mind – the idea of adding depth at quarterback when you have a quarterback like Josh Allen, both in the short term and long term. Did you guys did I did I point out what Traps Chris Trapasso said after the the day three about Jake Fromm? Well, that was a really good point. So uh, I'll just reiterate it here. If you've already listened to that podcast, skip ahead fifteen seconds. Um, Traps noted that Josh Allen has come out and said that he really likes ha- he, he's he's liked having Matt Barkley as his backup, um, even though Barkley ain't like Jake Fromm are nothing like Josh Allen in terms of players. Like they are smart, uh, anticipate in anticipatory throwers who, uh, don't, who lack the arm strength of Allen, but apparently Allen learns well from what, by, by working with Matt Barkley. So like by putting Jake Fromm and Matt Barkley in the quarterback room, they see things that Josh Allen just doesn't see that he's always been able to overcome with his own raw strength. And so he's able to sort of pick up on some of the nuances and learn in that sort of different fashion. We, we always think about you want to have uh, the quarterbacks who are the same style so you can play them. But like, I, I just think that that sort of makes sense. And like, I think Jake Fromm could absolutely help accelerate Josh Allen's learning curve uh, at some point. And Barkley is a free agent, I believe, after the upcoming year. So they're in the market for a new long-term backup. Yep. Uh, but, but what does that say about Josh Allen that a rookie might come in and help him see things he can't see when he is going into his third year of NFL football? It says that he has a really strong arm and that he over <laughs> things with his uh, physical abilities. <laughs> the New York Jets. I thought the New York Jets had a nice start to their draft, a very nice start. I think coming up at number 11, um, when you're picking at 11 and then you know that you've got a, a, a second round pick, you're thinking wide receiver, you're thinking offensive line and to come away with it, Makai Becton and Denzel Mims. Um, one of the, I think, you know, two, one of the top five offensive linemen and probably one of the top five wide receivers, uh, in this draft to do that is a really nice haul. Then they circle back and got Sean's boy, Ashton Davis out of Cal. That's a great playmaker. Uh, you know, also added LaMichael Pirine who I believe is the cousin of Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, James Morgan, eh, at a quarterback, fine. Uh, Cameron Clark, sneaky offensive lineman out of, lineman out of uh, Charlotte. And then Bryce Hall, fantastic pick uh, in the fifth round to steal Bryce Hall, the UVA cornerback. I gave the New York Jets and a punter. They took they take a punter, too. Keep punters are people, too, right? Rich Eisen, I gave the Jets a B plus. Uh, how about the Patriots? A-minus for me for the Patriots. Kyle Duggar, Josh Uche, Anthony Jennings, Devin Asiasi. Is that how do you say Asiasi? Asiasi. Asiasi. Uh, and they also added, uh, Wilson, another they – got, so they got two tight ends in that draft. And then Justin Rohrwasser, the kicker uh, out of Marshall, the first kicker taken. Cash that field bet, baby. Um, although he has some interesting tattoos, which are sort of causing a stir. You're uh, glossing over the – the mustache joke I made at Breach's expense about Dalton Keene. I thought that was pretty good. I was going to let you say it again. Well, even no one can see the graphic now. Go look up Dalton Keene's uh, headshot from Virginia Tech and just imagine Breach putting on that mustache to rob a liquor store. <laughs> yep. how, do, how do you know Dalton Keene didn't see my mug shot and say, I'm going to grow one like that from the time I robbed the liquor store with a fake mustache? You've never had a mustache like that. That's uh, I mean, I might. There are a lot of things about Breach we don't know, Ryan. You know, it's I, I do want to defend – Justin Morasser's on-field performance real quick. I am not going to, I don't have the same tattoos as him. I'm not going to defend that. Um, but Brinson hated on the pick during the HQ show. And since we do not do rebuttals on the HQ show, I will say real quick that Morasser is actually, uh, fits what the Patriots are trying to do. He was the best kickoff guy in this draft. Uh, can either boot it out of the end zone, directionally kick it. Bill Belichick is just like, if you're a kicker, there's only 
kickers do not want to play for him because it's so difficult because he, he has directional kicks. Uh, Roraster can do all that, and he played at Rhode Island and Marshall, two, not, two colleges don't have great weather, and that's what you need uh, in New England. You want a kicker who didn't spend their whole time playing down south or in Florida and California. You want someone who's dealt with the elements before because they're going to have to deal with that in New England. All right. Let's get to the AFC North where John Breach will be doing the grading. And as you might expect, we'll be starting with the Cleveland Browns and doing a longer discussion on them and then glossing over the rest of the teams in the division with minimal talk and uh, less than 10 seconds saved for the Cincinnati Bengals. Woohoo! All right, let's do. We're starting, we're starting with the Bengals. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, we can start. We can start off with the Bengals. That's fine. I'm, I'm all about. You have a document with the information about how we're supposed to proceed in front of you in your computer. Start with the damn Bengals, Breach. Give us a grade. I don't always read those documents. All right, my grade for the Bengals <laughs> was going to be the A, but I have to pay the Homer tax because I have a Bengals helmet uh, here right behind me that people can't see because this is an audio podcast, and I am a. Ho- what was that pronunciation of helmet? <laughs> it sounded like he went and did like a weird accent. I know, it's like, like like a little redneck came out. My there. wife is from Alabama, guys. He went with her for a couple years. All of a sudden, I'm talking like a southerner. Um, I need a running list of things that Breach says weirdly. There's jaguars. Jaguars. There's uh, how do you say acorn again? Uh, when I said eggcorn. Egg, egg plus corn. He says potential. Thank a- you. Okay. We've never talked about the potential thing, and I've all, he's been saying it so much, and we haven't brought it up, that I've been wondering, have I been saying it wrong my whole life? I just hear, thank I, you. I laugh, and then I forget about it, and he says, okay. there's potential, there's that. Uh, you know who has a lot of potential? The Bengals. <laughs> After this fantastic draft where, okay, so I was going to give him A, but I'm giving an A minus since I am a Bengals fan. I just loved, absolutely loved what they did. I thought they crushed it, obviously, besides Burrow. Uh, they just filled all the needs that they had. They needed linebackers. They went out and got linebackers. I know a lot of people thought maybe T. Higgins got drafted a bit too high, but T. Higgins worked out a lot with Burrow. They had some chemistry this offseason, and you know, he was good at Clemson, so I was absolutely fine with that pick. Uh, and I thought they even did well at the, at the bottom of the draft, fifth round. They got Khalid Kareem, uh, and I thought that was a good pick to get at that spot. And as I mentioned, on the HQ show, Khalid Kareem, has vowed in fourth grade that he would be the MVP at Super Bowl 60, and I think it's going to happen. They're going to win the next five Super Bowls. So, Breach, what you're saying is that when the Bengals won Super Bowl 60, Joe Burrow is going to play terrible, and some guy's going to have to build them out. No, Khalid Kareem's going to have eight sacks, a fumble recovery for a touchdown, and an interception. That's enough to outshine a quarterback. All right, all right. let's clip this, and we'll play it in a few years. What year is Super Bowl 60? What, what year would that be? Five years. This year's Super Bowl 55. That's February 2020, February 2026. God, what if he has eight sacks in that game? He's that would be MVP. better than predicting the Raiders would go exactly 12 and 4. By the way, he'll, he'll definitely have what Breach just mentioned. He'll get, he'll be the first player to win Super Bowl MVP on a losing team. <laughs> uh, <laughs> second player, Cowboys, Cowboys linebacker won it in Super Bowl 5. I just uh, know the top of my head, buddy. Well done. <laughs> buddy. Wow. He just got buddied. So he, so Khalid Kareem was like, yeah, I'm going to make it to the NFL, but it's going to take me five years to win the Super Bowl. Kind of, he didn't do the math in seventh grade or whenever he said that. He just said Super Bowl 60. I, I love mean, this that. article says, yes, he went so far as to do the math to figure out when he'd be in the prime of his career. Why, six years why, you, double, why are you doubting him then? That's what he meant, I guess. Um, I love this draft. I absolutely do. I mean, Breach mentioned the uh, questions about T. Higgins. We'll see. He'll get into being great. So some people didn't love him that high, but. Clearly, the Bengals did. Those linebackers are going to be awesome. Logan Wilson, I like. I like Akeem Davis-Gaither even better, and I'm actually mad that he went to the Bengals because I wanted him to go to the Steelers. Khalid Kareem played opposite of Julian Aquara, who was drafted by the Lions. I think he rejoined his brother there. Aquara is a better athlete. Kareem's a better player right now. So, I mean, he can come in right away and contribute probably faster than Aquara will in uh, Detroit. And Adenaje is going to be good, too. Like He's great value that late. Marcus Bailey had an injury history, but if he's healthy, that's another linebacker you can throw out there to help against the run. I mean, this home. Is there any position that wasn't filled that you were looking for, Breach? Uh, I don't think there was anything that was overly, uh, you know, because linebacker was the big one on defense. You had to see quarterback, obviously, and then you look down at what else they did. I, maybe people would have liked to see an offensive lineman go a little bit earlier. I know that Josh Jones was still available when they made their 65th overall pick, and I think a lot of Bengals fans would have liked to see Josh Jones go there. But, you know, Logan Wilson, you have to – their defense was so bad last year 
that you had to fill that hole. So I was okay. And then they ended up turning around going offensive line in the sixth round. Uh, you know, obviously that might not be a guy who starts for your team, but overall, you know, I gave him a minus, not an A plus. That's fine. That's, that's well, the well, argument. What would be a successful season for the Bengals at this point? What, you like morally or, or what? <laughs> Record wise. Well, well they went, they went, they went two and 14 last year. So three and 13 would be better than last year. I think, I think that Bengals not, fans, if they win three games next year, that's not a successful season. I think Zach Bengals, Taylor's getting fired if they win three games. Actually, I think maybe not Bengals fans round. would be happy with anything over seven wins. Yeah, eight and eight. I was going to say eight and eight is the starting point. Eight and eight wait, is- wait, wait, wait. If I think if they go six and ten and Burrow yes. shows promise, that's that's a good season. Well, he's talking about Bengals fans. Okay, yeah, that's true. They're yeah, crazy. but what if they go six and ten and Burrow doesn't show promise? You know, like what if he's average? So it's it that's not a great. So so I, think, I single digit losses. So I mean, I I think for me then. If you're asking that question, it's less about the record and more just how does Joe Burrow look? Sure. Because- like if you go two and fourteen, but Burrow looks awesome, it's like whatever. Like we got Burrow, like we'll figure it out. And we got Burrow, and we got a great pick that we can like trade back and then stock the roster around him. Yeah, that would be almost a best case scenario for them. To be frank, probably not, but they might. What's the uh, over under? You know, um, I'm going over whatever Brinson makes the over under five, five and a half. <laughs> It'll either be five and a half or six. I, I bet it's five and a half. I would take the over. I would too, but I mean, like, I, I wouldn't. I don't know if I take the over at six and a half. It's, no. I mean, it's it's a tough division though, especially if Big Ben is healthy. Like, you know, I don't. It's gonna be hard for them to win, frankly, any division games. I, I really do think so. Okay. I would probably take the under, and that's not me saying they had a bad draft. I think they had a great draft. I just think this is the team that, especially in a shortened off season, they're. Not, I don't think they're gonna come out in September playing good football at all. I think this oh, is a team yeah. that could peak later. They're gonna they're gonna sweep the Browns, and they might be the Steelers once. I'm calling it now. They're not gonna beat the Ravens, I don't think. They must beat the Ravens last year with their trash team. They lost 23-17 in one of those games. Okay, well, they still lost. This is like but, you saying the Lions almost started 5-0. Five and, five and oh. <laughs> they, they did almost start 5-0. and oh. Fun But fact. they didn't start 5-0. and oh. They almost beat the Steelers, but they lost by six. <laughs> what about the Browns, Breach? The Browns, I gave the Bengals an A-. I am giving the Browns an A-. minus. I really liked what they did. I honestly thought they had, if you just look at the first three picks – they might have had the best three picks, first three picks of any team in the draft. They had to get an offensive lineman. I don't think they even have had a left tackle on their roster going into the draft. So getting Jedrick Wills was huge. Uh, and obviously defensively, getting a safety in there, Grant Delpit fell into their lap. I'm sure Ryan could tell us that he probably, the thought was he's going to go a little bit higher than that. And then you have Jordan Elliott, defensive lineman, who fell to them at 88, who probably also uh, many people thought was going to go higher than that. So just those three picks alone I thought were all uh, arguably A-plus picks. And then the rest of the draft, you know, I think they just kind of tried to fill needs. But based on those first three picks, I don't think you can give the Browns anything below an A-minus. Yes. Yeah, Breach. Uh, you mentioned you music. I forgot that I had this. Oh, I thought Breach was kicking boxes. <laughs> yeah, it was the uh, it's the Pick Six Podcast NFL Smack Chat uh, that accidentally played the. Yeah, Breach mentioned Grant Delpit, and to his point, he went at forty four, one spot behind the Bears, and we've talked a lot about the Bears draft. He was the guy who wanted the Bears to take it forty three, so I think the Browns were pretty fortunate that the Bears overlooked a bigger need with the first round talent there and went with the tight end. So I do think that was a great pick for the Browns, probably my favorite pick of theirs. And the Browns totally knew the Bears were going to take a tight end because everyone knew it. Because why not when you have nine tight ends? So good for yep. the Browns. Yeah, exactly. Who would have bet on Cole Komet's over under at 43 and a half taking the over? Everyone knew it. Mm. Everybody. All right, keep going. All right, give us the Ravens grade, Breacher. Well, you know what? I, we got two A minuses so far, so let's just go with a third A minus. I really, really loved what the Ravens did. I'm going to start with the second round pick because I feel like that was the one they got grilled for the most with J.K. Dobbins and Brinson. You were the J.K. Dobbins guy on Twitter. You should be his agent because you were really quick to the trigger, pointing out why this was such a smart pick for the Ravens. Look, with the offense they run with Lamar Jackson back there, he's in shotgun on nearly every single play. You want a running back who is good out of shotgun. Not every running back can do this. It's not easy to run an offense uh, if you're a running back. And J.K. Dobbins is one of the, was one of the best in the country at the collegiate level, and now you put him in the Ravens' offense, this is a deadly combo. Mark Ingram's getting older, so I thought that was a great pick in the second round, uh, even if some people were surprised by it. Patrick Queen Queen fell into their lap. This was all, I think, everyone 
had him mocked to the Ravens at some point. And the fact that this happened, the fact that he didn't go off the board earlier, I mean, there were a lot of teams in the early 20s that might have grabbed him. They did not. And now that Ravens defense just gets nastier. And then third round, Devin DuVernay, I like that pick a lot. So I just thought the uh, the Ravens, it is amazing sometimes how the rich get richer uh, or maybe just the competent front offices always seem to have good drafts. And that felt like the case here with the Ravens. And I am giving them an A-. minus. Mm. Um, you know, I, I was, I was just surprised. It's like the analytic people on Twitter, are like out there, like they took a running back, our Ravens. Like, what, why did they do that? They can't, they, they're supposed to be a smarter team. It's like, well, then use some analytics and figure out why they took JK Dobbins, bros. Yeah. Oh. Do you want to name any of the analytic bros you're calling out? No, I mean, they're all people I like. And like, I, I just saw the chat. I just immediately saw a chatter. Like people were just mad about the, the Ravens taking a running back. And I get it, but like, if you're ball, I've talked about this a lot and I've tweeted about it. Like, Oh, well, actually, names it. Mitchell Schwartz. Mitchell Schwartz called me out and said that utilizing, uh, yards produced at a shotgun to, to figure out which running backs you want to take is not analytics. I was like, it's the definition of analytics. Did you see my reply to him too? It's very snarky. I don't think anyone's want to beat you I, up. <laughs> I screenshot all of whom can beat him up. I Googled what are analytics and screenshotted it and then sent it back to him. It was, it was early in the morning. Was... On the, uh, Brinson, quick, how, how many, how many fights did you pick over the weekend? A lot, a lot. <laughs> well, we here at Brinson sports online will not take <laughs> including a guy at the grocery store. Almost allegedly. Oh, at the fresh market. Yeah. Well, the dude wasn't wearing a mask. Put your mask on, pal. That was 100% you, and someone approached you and yelled at you for not wearing a mask. And I you have a selfie of me with a mask on. Yeah, after that guy punched it. Wait, why do you have a selfie with Wait, and you make on? fun of Sean for Thank having a you. picture of himself Thank with a mask you. on? <laughs> well, <laughs> why did you take a selfie? And the music. Cue it up. <laughs> <laughs> do I really have to play the music? Oh, boy. Well, do we have music for someone dunking on themselves? Oh, what a big jam! What a Gypsy dude, No, uh, I was texting with some friends, and they, um, I said about the fresh market, and they're like, "Oh, you better have a mask on because it's required at fresh market." And so I took a picture to show that I had the mask on. I wasn't like, "Hey, take my picture at this." Um, imagine seeing this guy. At the fresh market going like this with this basket of a beer. They knew it was. He does it all the time. Every time he's there, he's taking selfies with the beer. <laughs> yeah, that's Brinson. Don't worry. Stop this cool IPA, bros. <laughs> Triple IPA. You won't believe it. <laughs> Good God. What is happening here? <laughs> Meanwhile, Breach has even thought about the next cat he's in. <laughs> a lot of potential there. All right, Breach Steelers, what do you got? I'm, I was deep in thought about how much Ryan's going to hate the grade. So I have given every team in the AFC North an A-minus so far. I felt like every team had a good draft except for Ryan's Pittsburgh Steelers. I didn't hate the draft. I didn't love the draft. So I gave it a B-minus. Uh, I, I thought the second round, Chase Claypool, it, not a bad pick. I just didn't think they need to go wide receiver. I thought their best pick actually came in the fourth round. With Anthony McFarland, good value there. And plus, you know, you don't know what you have with James Conner. You know, he's not on the field. He has trouble staying healthy. You need to get someone back there. You need to add a running back. So I like that they did that and they didn't do it early. I, I, you know, if they would have taken a running back in the second round, that also would have been bad. Uh, so, you know, Ryan, you can say more about the Steelers draft than I could, but I thought maybe they could have looked to get an offensive lineman a little higher. They have their two starting tackles, uh, have expiring contracts after the 2020 season. Uh, so they could have got a jumped ahead of the gun there had they taken a tackle in the second round or maybe a defensive lineman, but they went with a wide receiver. No, B minus is fair. And Chase Claypool, he'll be interesting. He ran a 4-4-5 or something, uh, but he showed up at 238. And for as fast as he is, he didn't create create a ton of separation, but he is like a, a high point guy, so that's important. They didn't really have that last year, and he'll he'll be the sort of deep threat. He can even play in the middle of the field. Like if you line him up with Eric Ebron, I think that's something there. But I wouldn't have taken him there. I mean, Denzel Mims was still there, and, and no point ever did I think Denzel Mims would go before go after Chase Claypool. I will say this: um, Uncle Kenny White has been on Chase Claypool for weeks, and he's talked about him as a potential first round pick. So that's the only person, and I've heard talk about that. 
and and he certainly did. But Cam Akers was still there. J.K. Dobbins was still there. So some Steelers fans wanted that to happen. B minus certainly seems fair. I think uh, Kevin Dotson, the um, the uh, offensive tackle they got out of Louisiana, actually has a chance to be good. Um, so I'm fine with that. And, and breach hit on McFarland. I, I like that too. Alex Highsmith is going to be a project as an edge rusher from Charlotte. So hopefully no one gets injured between Bud Dupree and, and uh, T.J. Watt. Okay. Moving along to the AFC South after the break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Wilson was grading the AFC South. I tricked Devo, by the way, when I said moving along. Got him. Got him's! Not necessary dunking on Debo as he's producing the show. Um, How'd you AFC get him? What's that, Wilson? How'd you get him? I said, moving along to the AFC South, he's about to go, no, break, break, break. And I said, oh, break. gotcha, I see. Got me good. I was just about <laughs> to say that repeat of Debo. Wow, what a dunk. <laughs> play happened. the music. You that one and I'll play the board. music. Find your chord and play the music. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Devo's hitting the wall just like everybody else. All right, Wilson, give us a Jaguars grade. Uh, I like this. I'll give it a, a B plus. CJ Henderson, I had going in my next to last penultimate, if you will, mock draft. And I was talking to the Jaguars radios guy, radio guys, and they didn't like the pick, so I went with Javon Kinlaw instead. That's on me. But CJ Henderson's, I think he's going to be really good. And then they circle back and got Caleb on Chase on. So they're going to have Chase on, Yannick Ngakwe, and Josh Allen, all his edge rushers. And, look, that defense has to get better. So I think that's great. Devon Hamilton went in round three as well. He played next to Chase Young. He's a really good interior lineman. And the pick before that, or the the, the second-round pick before that, LaVisca Chenault, who we thought was going to be a first-round pick potentially, but uh, potentially, excuse me, but he had he had injury history. And they went on. Ben Barch is a small school guy, played Division three, sort of a tight end. He might kick into guard, but he's uh, extremely athletic. And I'll mention one last name, Colin Johnson, the wide receiver, in the fifth run out of Texas, 6'4". There was some buzz about him about being a day-one, day-two guy coming into the season. He returned to school in 2019, um, but he slipped around five. So a huge target for Gardner Minshew, or should they sign one of these quarterbacks uh, at some point in free agency? Um, are the Jaguars better than they were a year ago? Yeah. I mean, Nick Foles was terrible. He didn't play very much. But, uh, yeah, they got rid of. Jalen Rams, he got two first-round picks out of it. I think that's a deal you, you make for a guy who doesn't want to be there. We'll see what happens with Ngakwe, but I think they're better. Yeah, I mean, I, I like their draft. The question is, can they actually hold on to these good players? Because that's been a problem for them. I, know, I meant to tweet it, and I, I forgot to tweet it. But I was going to be like, congratulations to C.J. Henderson and uh, Caleb Von Chason on uh, on getting into a fight with their with their with their like the team five years from now than being traded for a draft pick like you know something of that effect like we've just seen these guys like i mean when when is the last player that jacksonville has drafted or developed like that has worked out like they can't hold on to anybody either their picks are terrible or they lose them after three or four years like second deal (laughs) he did uh i mean you're right because like even Allen robinson was a great pick and then they just let him go yeah i mean i just i'm just trying to think like Jalen never got that second deal, right? He's got no. a uh, I believe that Justin Blackman is technically still on the roster. Um, I'm, I'm going to go on a limb to the Justin Blackman pick did not work out well. <laughs> he's, he's still on the roster like nine years later. Think he's, he's got still, potential. He's got some potentials. Still. He doesn't count against their active roster, though, because he's on, like, the suspended, reserved, whatever list. He really is on the roster? I think so. Oh. It's one of those things where you just keep them there in case they ever decide to make a comeback it, down the road and you own the rights. There's no reason not to just keep them. All right. I mean, Telvin Smith randomly retired. Uh, maybe Brandon Lind- Lindor. Miles Jack, uh, but he hasn't gotten a deal yet. 
He hasn't played well. He didn't play well last yeah. year. Yeah, last year he didn't play well. But no one on that defense really played well. I mean, they're, they're, Josh they're, Allen played well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I just I don't think that they have anybody. It's unbelievable. I mean, Mark Cam Patrick. Robinson, D.D. Westbrook, and D.J. Chark. They're still on their rookie deals. I think. Yeah. Miles, Miles Jack. He didn't play well last year. What about Miles Jack? Uh, I think well, he didn't play well. Yeah, uh, I thought they did. What'd you give the Indianapolis Colts? I love the Colts draft. Debo, got to be minus on the Jaguars. Don't don't slack off on the job now. We're down the home stretch. <laughs> Colts, I give him a B. Uh, I like, I love the Michael Pittman pick at the top of the second round. I love the Jonathan Taylor pick a few picks later. Um, Jacob Beeson in the fourth. I know you guys are, are big on that, and, and I, I think it's a great landing spot to go there and not have the pressure of playing right away because I think Jacob Beeson should have gone back to school. Um, I'm, he probably feels that way now too since he didn't go in, on day one or day two, but. I just think that's perfect. Frank Reich is a perfect – we talk about it all the time in the weeks leading up to the draft. These quarterbacks that are inexperienced or need more time need to go to perfect landing spots. And this is the 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 a good version of that. I mean, the Packers, in theory, makes sense. But as Brinson mentioned on the show, uh, what would you call him? Incredibly petty? I, I feel like Aaron Rodgers would be a – petty is not a bad thing. I called Michael Jordan petty on Sunday night. People got big mad at me. It's like Jordan's petty as hell, man. What are you talking about? But, yeah, but, I mean, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a, a great mentor. Maybe Phillip Rivers isn't either, but in theory, I think he would be probably pretty good. I, I think I think Rivers will be uh, – I think it'll be, actually, I think he'll be a great mentor. Um, like, I don't think he's going to go out of his way to, like, like be excessively helpful. But, like, his situation with a one-year contract, uh, knowing that he really only wants to play for two more years and knowing that the Colts are trying to set him up for the long haul, I think he'll be – I think he'd be more than willing to show Jacob Eason the ropes or and answer any questions Jacob Eason has and sort of uh, give him some tips and pointers. And, and at the very least, you know, you learn by osmosis by being in the room with Rivers. I mean, I, I think he'll be – I would assume – and I, I would I would guess somebody will ask him this, but I would I would bet that he is extremely helpful uh, to Jacob Eason. Okay. Well, then that's a great landing spot. So, yeah, I, I like what they've done. They, they addressed the offensive defensive line. Rob, Robert Windsor is a guy that flashed a little bit last year, defensive tackle from, from Penn State. Uh, Desmond Patton, uh, the wide receiver of Washington State, um, also played well at times. I think he timed slow. I'll have to go back and look. I'm not sure. But, yeah, so uh, good solid B. I like what they did. Cool. Uh, how you think, do you think they'll trade Marlon Mack? No. Dang, Brinson. I mean, I think well, he's on the last year of his deal. I think they want to. They want to use, they want to put Mac and Jonathan Taylor out there and then not have to pay Mac after this year. Yeah, yeah. sense. And it's not like someone's going to offer a huge pick for Marlon Mack. He's a good player, but entering the final year of his deal, no one's going to give up more than like what a fifth or sixth rounder for him probably. And there was there were a couple stretches last year where he got hurt too. Like he's missed some time and, and their running game suffers when he's not out there. So Taylor makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, what about the Texans, Wilson? This is also a B. Uh, I thought despite all the grief we give uh, Bill, uh, what's his real name, O'Brien. <laughs> What's his real name? <laughs> He's been calling him Bill O'Brinson for so long. Oh, that's his de facto name. He did a good job. Uh, Ross Blacklock is a really good player. There's some first round buzz about him. I liked him better uh, as like the third or fourth defensive tackle, but the defensive tackle class is pretty deep. So he's a good explosive guy in the middle. Jonathan Grenard is a, another explosive guy off the edge. Um, played at Florida. I think he has a chance to be really good. Charlie Heck is from UNC, the offensive lineman. He will probably kick inside, even though he's eight feet tall. Uh, John Reed, meanwhile, uh, Debo's guy out of uh, Penn State, small uh, slot receiver, but he is tough as nails. He can tackle. Um, he can play inside or out if they need him to. And then Isaiah Coulter, the wide receiver out of Rhode Island, I think he ran sub four five in the combine, and he's a, a work in project, uh, pros, uh, progress, work in progress, excuse me. But uh, he can fly, and, and you know they they need to replace some guy named Nook Hopkins if they traded for a bag of peanuts. What about the Titans, Wilson? You give him B minus. Um, Isaiah Wilson, they got in the first round. Um, some people have been talking about that. He played opposite on, uh, Andrew Thomas. Uh, he played at right tackle, but I was talking to a scout a few weeks ago that thinks he could actually play left tackle if you need him to, but Jack Conklin's gone, so that makes a ton of sense there if you're going to lean on that running game. Christian Fulton in round two. Uh, he slipped a little bit, so we'll see if he comes out and, and plays with a chip on his shoulder, as people like to say. I thought he had a really good season last year. Uh, Darrington Evans out of App State. Where's Appalachian State again? What town is that in? Boone, North Carolina. There you go. Yeah, Here's he's Boone. Stop by Peabody's. Oh yeah, there you go. Beer store. Um, yeah, you see Princeton out there taking selfies with a mask on. Uh, Darrington <laughs> Evans is a little uh, spark plug, one cut and go guy. He's he's a lot of fun to watch. He won't give you much in the blocking game, but that's okay. Then Princeton's guy Laurel Murchison, the defensive tackle, who actually 
had a really good um, senior bowl, and I thought I think he has a chance to be a good little player there. And then Cole McDonald, the quarterback, strong-arm quarterback out of Hawaii. I don't think he'll be anything more than uh, a guy trying to make the team out of training camp, but uh, there it is. So I thought it was a, a solid draft, nothing super sexy. No A.J. Browns in this draft class, but um, Christian Fulton and Darrington Evans could be could be good players. Um, I would point out, too, that I think that John Robinson has been one of the best drafting general managers um, uh, of the last few years. He's, I mean, like just, you know, you look at his players. I mean, obviously Jack Conklin is, is now gone, but was fantastic for Tennessee. He got Derrick Henry, Kevin Byard uh, in the uh, third round, Johnny Smith in the third round, J- Javon Brown in the, or Jayon Brown in the fifth, um, you know, J- like Harold Landry in the second. He's just found a ton of value. So I'm very curious to see A.J. Brown in the second last year. Um, so I will be curious to see how this plays out. I would assume that Christian Fulton is probably going to look like a pretty decent little pick, but we will have to see. And I, I agree. Murchison, Merch is uh, is a great player. All right, Wilson's going to bounce out of here to go do HQ, and uh, we'll see you later, buddy. Let's uh, get yes. – Yeah, I don't want you to talk. Just get out of here. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, all right, let's get to the AFC West. The Denver Broncos. How about, by the way, how about Wilson? Yesterday we were doing the, we were doing the NFC teams and we get, we get, you know, we get done with the NFC teams and Wilson's like, I got, I got, I got, I got to go in 10 minutes. We're like, oh, why? He's like, see my family. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Um, Broncos, Sean, what was your grade for the Broncos? I gave them an A and I actually think just like how we all agree on the Packers having terrible draft, I think it's pretty unanimous across the country that the Broncos had a great draft. This is the draft that we kind of thought the Packers might have, where they give the quarterback the weapons that he needs. And this was all about building around Drew Locke, and they're going to find out in the next year or two if Drew Locke is for real because he doesn't have many excuses now. Uh, look, getting Judy at 15 I thought was pretty good value after the Raiders took rugs that freed Judy up to fall to the Broncos. I actually thought the Broncos might be in the market for rugs because I thought Judy would be off the board first. So I thought that was tremendous value. KJ Hamler in the second round. Um, and look, they addressed the interior of their offensive line, Lloyd Cushenberry in the third round, and that was a pretty big need to beef up that offensive line. They got the tight end out of Missouri, whose last name I'm not going to try to pronounce, Albert O. Um, look, Drew Locke has familiarity with him, their chemistry. They probably won't need an offseason, which is good news because they're not going to get an offseason. And they even had another wide receiver in the seventh round, Tyree Cleveland. And th- here's what's interesting. Cortland Sutton averages 16 yards per catch in his career. He's one of the better deep threats in football. He is now the slowest wide receiver on the Broncos by 40 time, which seems kind of insane. I mean, this, this, uh, this offense just has so much speed and it's almost like they looked at their roster and they said, yes, we had some needs on defense, but we added AJ Bouye, um, in a pretty cheap trade. We have Vic Fangio who can, co- who can coach up this defense. And, and it was almost like Vic Fangio saying, I can handle this defense guys. I get Bryce Callahan healthy again. We're fine in the secondary. You just take care of the offense and the defense will be good enough because of my coaching. And I think that's a pretty good attitude to have within the same division as Patrick Mahomes. They are going to be a really popular sleeper. I was, uh, I was, I mean, I'm almost glad I was a year off. Like I don't like, I just, I just think I, I, this division, man, I mean, this can be tough. Like you look at all these teams. I, I, I don't think the Broncos are going to win the division, but I mean, like if Drew Locke is legit and takes a leap forward in his second year, I mean, I mean, people, it's hard to know about Drew Locke, and that's just, I mean, I think that's just fair to say. Like, you just can't know for sure whether Drew Locke is going to be great. But, like, if he's good with these weapons around him, the Broncos could have a really good season. Yeah, and that is, look, they had a crazy bad quarterback situation last year, starting with Joe Flacco and kind of throwing Drew Locke into the fire, even though he did have a solid end of the season. And despite that, despite those issues at quarterback, this team still lost five of their nine games by one score. Yep. So it's it, like this team was not getting blown out. Their defense was keeping them in games. And now they've added all these offensive weapons. And if Drew Locke just takes a baby step forward, I mean, there's no reason this is not a nine and seven or 10 and six team. So it, it is very interesting. Uh, yeah, I think they're absolutely a dark horse, Brenton. I like that. Brenton, I actually kind of think the move is still the delay of here picking them because I think they're going to be that sexy pick. But the fact of the matter is all these weapons they've added, they're rookies and it takes wide receivers longer to acclimate to the NFL. And Drew Locke hasn't had a full season and they're not going to have that full off season. So I actually think they're a great 2021 value bet. Yeah, that's probably a good call. And look, I mean, you know, the reality too is that um, winning games in the NFL is hard and we, we expect this to be like a, uh, everybody expects incremental progress. Just that's, that's not always how it works in the NFL. They could go six and 10, and be a better football team 
in 2020 and then, you know, maybe take a big leap forward in, in 2021. So that's, that's probably a good call, Sean. Uh, next up, the Chargers. What was your, we mentioned them. What was your grade for the Chargers? I gave them a D. And again, it comes with the caveat that where if Herbert ends up being good, suddenly it's an A draft, right? But I think we can all agree we don't like the value of Herbert at six, especially when you see the other players there. I don't, I, like, I don't like Herbert as a prospect. And like, I, I feel bad bagging on the dude. And if he's good, you know, st- or, you know shove me in a locker and, and call me a dork and, you know, you know, Okay. Dunk for me or whatever you want to do, but like, you know, play the Dickie V music for the rest of the time. Uh, but I, I just, I don't, I don't know that I like the alignment of how they appear to be going for it with Herbert. Like they're, they want to be all in on Tyrod Taylor this year, but then you draft Herbert. I, I don't know. I would have rather, I would I would have rather get a defensive player at six and then trade it and then waited a year. I mean, I thought I was ready during the draft to write an article about that when they took Simmons about how it was a smart move to pass on her uh, pass on Herbert and take another Derwin James type of player and add it to that defense and try to go win a Tyrod who has proven he can win with Anthony Lynn if you have a good defense and some decent parts around him and look they tried to do both by trading back into the first round for a linebacker and Murray the problem is, we talked about this, I think, immediately after the draft. Would you rather have Murray and Herbert, or would you rather have Simmons and, say, Jordan Love? I would have had the latter, and I think that would have been a better trade up. And according to Warren Sharp, the Chargers' decision to trade back into the first round to get Murray cost them the most value of any team when only looking at 2020 draft capital loss. So I know in the immediate aftermath, there was a lot of talk about they didn't give up that much. They still lost a lot of value to move back into the first round to take a linebacker who's not close to being as good as Isaiah Simmons. And that's the crazy thing is that this team was trying to make a splashy move by trading back into the first round. And if that was your plan all along, you could have had Jordan Love and used the six overall pick on either a starting tackle or Isaiah Simmons or Derek Brown. Like you literally could have done anything but what you did. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's crazy that if they had not traded back in the first round, their draft might have been graded slightly higher. It just didn't make any sense to go quarterback linebacker here when they could have gone any position quarterback at 23rd overall. Uh, so this was just a fascinating, and I know I've mentioned this a thousand times, but look, you look at the contracts they have expiring after the 2020 season. You have Mike Pouncey, Hunter Henry, Keenan Allen, Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa. It's just, you're not re-signing all those guys. This is your big window. This is the Chargers outside of their quarterback have one of the most talented teams in the NFL and they're going to blow it because, you know, you're either starting a rookie who's learning on the fly or you're starting Tyrod Taylor and you're not winning Super Bowl Tyrod Taylor. Not to mention they picked at 23 when they traded back up. They didn't pick again until 112. That's a pretty big gap to not take a player, if especially tra- in a deep draft. Right. Yeah. If you trade with Bill Belichick during the draft, you probably got fleeced. <laughs> Chargers traded with Bill Belichick in the draft. I had the 37 and 71 is just way too much to pay. I don't know, is the, does the draft chart, did it say, did we look it up or did we talk about that? Did they? No, did I was it? just quoting Warren Sharp saying that that was, they lost the most draft capital on that trade alone in the entire draft. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I agree. I, I, I don't like, I don't like the move. I like getting Murray, but I mean, you gotta have those picks. All right. Uh, moving along to another team in the division, the Oakland, the, oh, the Las Vegas Raiders. One day I'll get it right. Uh, the Raiders had two first round picks and just like last year, they surprised some people. Uh, Sean, they took Henry Ruggs and David Arnett. I don't think that's necessarily the combo we saw coming. What'd you give them? Yeah, and look, that's why I gave them a B minus. Obviously, they should follow their own evaluations. Obviously, their evaluations didn't mesh with the consensus among draft experts because I don't think most people thought Ruggs would go first. I had, I had someone else go in there, and we talked Frisco, about this. Frisco did, for the record. Yeah, yeah, I know some people did. I, we talked about this on the podcast right after. I don't see him meshing very well with Derek Carr. This pick could look a whole lot better a year from now if they draft a quarterback who is more willing to stand in there and wait for plays to develop downfield and to throw it deep. I don't see it meshing with their current quarterbacks on the roster, but this feels like a pick that could look a whole lot better a year from now once we know who their future franchise quarterback is. Because you can say Mariota is going to replace Carr during the upcoming season. I don't think most of us would sit here and say Mariota is their long-term 5-10 year answer at that position. I think that's going to come a year from now in the draft. Yeah, maybe. I mean... I think they're really high on Mariota. He's still young. I mean, I don't know. 
I, I mean, I like the signing. It's worth a flyer. It was not expensive, and it gives you a good insurance policy if, if Carr struggles again right away. But I, I still think this is a team, when we're talking about the AC show and the quarterbacks, they could be in the market for a quarterback. And I know people are going to say, well, they won seven games a year ago. They're not going to be able to get a good quarterback. We've talked a lot about how they won a lot of one-score games, and it wouldn't be surprising to me if this is another 5-6 win team. And then they get a quarterback to pair with Ruggs, and Ruggs is in year two, and then suddenly this roster is looking pretty good. Well, I'll throw something out quick about Ruggs. I know we were all talking about, as you just mentioned, that why is this happening? Ruggs is a speedy guy. Carr doesn't throw downfield well. Uh, one thing Carr does do well is throw the slant route. According to Josh Dubow from the Associated Press, Derek Carr actually led the NFL with most yards passing on a slant route. And Henry Ruggs has a kind of speed where you just get it into his hands quickly. Uh, you know, Carr is not the best at anything, but if he's the best at throwing a slant route and, and kind of sling it in there real quick – but, you know, Ruggs can score from anywhere on the field if you get it into his hands that fast. Uh, so, uh, you know, that doesn't justify the pick. No, but he's, but, no, no, I mean, he, no, look, Ruggs is not a pure, like, he's not like, um, uh, oh God, like, who's a, who's a, like, he's not just like a nine route guy. Like, he can, he can, like, like Ted Ginn or like Will Fuller. Yeah, 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 yeah. He can do a lot of different stuff. And, you know, creative offensive coordinators will get him, the, get, you know, get the ball in his hands near the line of scrimmage and let him do stuff. Uh, I'll just say that if, if you're, if somebody's describing you as the best to throw the slant. <laughs> yeah, He's and really going to throw it at running backs to you behind the line. And let, I think we all agree that Ruggs is a well-rounded wide receiver. We just we think his potential cannot be maximized with Derek Carr as his quarterback. I just and, I, I would have bet any amount of money uh, that C.D. Lamb was going to be the pick at 12. And it, yeah. Because he's a yak machine. And I Brinson, was, did, you met any, did you bet any amount of money? I did. Okay. That's it. <laughs> And I'm curious what you guys think about the the Arnett pick at 19 because that also seemed like he went a lot higher than expected, and I don't know how good that value was because I don't know how far he would have he would have fallen, but it almost felt like if they really liked him, maybe they could have got him later in the draft. So I, I like I, that was another reason. Same with the Rugs pick. I felt like twice in the first round they got good players, but it wasn't quite the best player available. More that they just happened to like this player more than everyone else. It seemed like. Uh, I love Pete Prisco's write-up on, on his grades. He gave it a B, but he said, he was on my better-than team. I didn't think he would go this high, but I guess he was on the Raiders' better-than team, too. <laughs> and then um, he's – What's that? Yeah, and then he's – the only compliment he gives him is that he has an attitude. He said, I I think he's a South Florida kid with an attitude. It's like, yes, he's Pete. Um, he also <laughs> said, I, think, I don't think there's a significant difference between him and Jeff Okuda, which is kind of surprising. I mean, look. Mike Mayock is not afraid to take a stand on his guys. He did this with Cleveland Farrell at number four last year. Um, nobody thought he would go that high. You see this all the time with with with, with how Mayock operates. He lo- and he got a bunch of Clemson guys in this draft. I, I mean, look, I, I think the Raiders have done have made the roster appreciably better over the past two years. Um, I think just like everybody, like you know, if they had, uh, I'm trying to think who would they like if they had Josh Allen or uh, Drew Locke, I'd probably be like on them as a sleeper guy. But like because they had Derek Carr and you know, the whole thing with the Twitter blocking, uh, I'm, I'm sort of off them. Uh, and the one thing I'm going to say about Arnett real quick is that, you know, the Raiders after picking at 19, their next pick didn't come until 80th overall. And I think a lot of people had Arnett as kind of a mid to late second round guy. But obviously the Raiders are thinking there's no way he's going to be available when we're picking at 80. And if we want him right now, we either take him or we try to trade back. Maybe they couldn't find anybody to trade back with. And as you said, Brenton, Mayock got his guy. And if he has his eyes set on someone, he's going to take him. He doesn't care what everybody else thinks. Yeah, so, I mean, that, yeah, that's a great point. And, like, uh, just to – so, like, uh, Akuda went off at three. And then um, C.J. Henderson went at nine. And I believe that uh, AJ and AJ Terrell had already gone off at sixteen to the Falcons. I was I was pretty confident the Raiders would try and take uh, AJ Terrell if he was there. So at that point, like you know that three three cornerbacks are off the board. You know there's a ton of cornerback needy teams at the bottom of the first round. You know there's a, a heavy risk in trying to trade back too far. So you just take your guy at nineteen if he's if he's good, he's good. Right. So you you had two more corners go in the first round after Arnett uh, with. Uh, Noah, I'm not going to pronounce his last name. Monogamy. And Jeff Gladney. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So what's interesting, so the reason the Raiders didn't pick again until not far later is because the Bears had the second-round pick in the Cleo Mack trade, and now the Cleo Mack trade is officially done. So it's interesting Mm. because now we we know who everyone got. So the Bears got Mack, obviously. 
they used the the 43rd pick on Cole Komet, and then the late pick they used on Arlington Hambright, the offensive guard, I believe. Is he Colorado? Uh, uh, it was like a seventh round. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Um, where's the draft junior draft expert when you need him? And the Raiders got Josh Jacobs. Yes, Colorado, yes. Uh, Josh Jacobs, a defensive black, Blisson Austin, who is now on the Jets, uh, a cornerback, Damon Arnett, and wide receiver, Brian Edwards. So it's basically Mac Komet, a late offensive tackle, offensive guard who might not even make the team, and then Josh Jacobs, Arnett, and Brian Edwards. That's the trade. Yeah, that's the only thing you don't like about taking Josh Jacobs with the Mac pick. Because if it's like, if you get like a stud, I mean, it's a run, it's like, oh, you got a running back for Cleo Mack. Good job. But did you hear t- today too, like floating out, there was a, I hadn't seen it when they traded him. There was out of the draft, there was a clip of Gruden doing the, doing the draft analysis for when Mac, like during Mac's year. And he was, he didn't like Mac. He hated Mac coming out. He thought it was a terrible pick by the, by the Raiders to take Mac there. I didn't realize that. No. Yeah, I didn't either. So I mean, like, I wish I'd known that when, when he got there, when he known he was getting traded, like he just didn't like it. Yeah, you know, so that, there you go. Uh, all right, that's the AFC. All the grades handed out. Another excellent podcast. We will. Uh, wait, Brinson, are you just skipping the Super Bowl champions, or did I fall asleep while we did them? <laughs> I, I was like, I felt like we didn't do them. But I was like, oh, maybe I blacked out. <laughs> uh, uh, Chiefs. Chiefs hater, they won the Super Bowl, and Brinson is trying to end this podcast without giving them a draft grade. My you God, know, Brinson. You know, what, you know what it is? It's my subconscious because um, I had in my mock draft originally, my final mock draft, I had I had filled out and put in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for the Chiefs. And at the last second, I was like, no, Andy Reid doesn't take running backs that early. They're just not going to do it. I'm so, I'm so mad at myself because nobody had that. And I wanted to take Hilaire to be the first running back off the board. It was just three to one. So I didn't do that either. And so I think the Chiefs subconsciously just make me angry. So I'm going to give them a B minus. And I think, Brenton, you might push back and go a little bit higher because I think this is just a difference in how we feel about that pick in the first round by taking a running back. I have no doubt that Edward Hilaire is going to be a great fit in that offense. I think he's going to be monster numbers. And if you're talking about drafting rookies in fantasy football, he's probably near or at the very top of the list, especially in PPR leagues. I'm not doubting that whatsoever. I think he's going to be a stud for them. I just look at this Chiefs team, and they've got a big Mahomes contract coming up. They've got maybe they have to pay Chris Jones if they can fit him on their budget as well. And so I think they had a couple glaring needs on defense in the secondary, where I think if you could got, get a guy on a rookie deal, five-year rookie deal that's pretty cheap, I think that would have been a better value pick than a running back when they have proven over the years that they can find late-round running backs or running backs who have been released by other teams and have them be good enough for their offense. Now, I, again, no doubt the running back there is going to be a great player for them. I just think there was a better value pick at 32. Yeah, here would be my argument, is that when you look at what Andy Reid has done with uh, running backs, yeah, I mean, yes, he has found a ton of guys uh, who were not expensive. This is the highest he's ever drafted one. Um, but to me, it, it is the 32nd pick. And I know it's a first round pick because it, you know, it happened in the first round, but it's the last pick of the first round. The Chiefs were not picking again, um, until 63. Uh, they actually traded up, uh, up to 63. But like, if you love that running back, if Andy Reid loves a running back enough to use the final pick of the first round on him, I'm just going to trust that that running back is going to be pretty good. And I, I, I look back at um, what Andy Reid did uh, with both LaShawn McCoy and Brian Westbrook. Um, Shady was on, you know, he he drafted Shady and got five uh, five excellent years out of him from 2009 to 2000, or it was. Andy, sorry, four excellent years out of Andy Reid was, uh, was fired after the 2012 season. Uh, but LaShawn McCoy averaged, uh, 966 rushing yards on, uh, on just, on just 11 games started per, per season. So like per 16 games, over a thousand yards. You look at what Brian Westbrook, what he did with Brian Westbrook. Um, you know, he got, uh, he got eight years in Philly out of him, uh, using a fairly early pick on him. And these guys just had monster numbers in the passing game. Uh, Westbrook averaged 475 receiving yards. Per year in, in those seasons with, with him. And then, uh, and then LaShawn McCoy averaged, uh, just a hair under 400 on, on less games per year. So to me, to get a Clyde Edwards Hilaire guy, I think you're looking at a possibility that this guy is with the, is with the Chiefs 
for the next half decade and that he is playing at a really high level. And I think for Andy Reid to solve that issue, to solve the running, because Damian Williams is 30 and he's on the last year of his contract, to solve that at a fairly cheap cost, uh, the, the 32nd pick, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Real quick counterpoint is that it, it, it's hard for me to justify saying he might be there for half a decade or you know, beyond his rookie deal, because if you're, you're going to have to be paying Mahomes a ton of money for the remainder of his career, then I don't know if you can turn around and justify, no matter how good the running back is, to say, we're going to pay you top running back money. And it, under your theory, it feels like you think he's going to be so good to the point where he will probably want top running back money. And I don't know if the Chiefs are ever going to be in a position where they can afford that. Because, for example, if you're choosing between paying a running back or a Chris Jones type, I'm taking Chris Jones every single time. I don't care how good the running back is. But the flip side of that is that, uh, the salary cap is going to keep going up, and after the new TV rights deal, we could see a gigantic uh, jump forward. And so, you know, obviously you have Edward Hilaire for at least five years because if he pans out, they're going to pick up his fifth-year option no matter what that price is at that point. And then it comes after that. And, you know, we might not see anyone top McCaffrey's contract for a long time, if ever. You know, that could be like – We've reached the peak of the running back market and because of analytics. Uh, it's only downhill from there. I, it's, it is really tough to see. I don't think Leonard Fournette or, uh, or, or uh, Derek Henry is going to get Christian McCaffrey money. Maybe he gets 11, 12, 13 million. He's not going to get 16 million and it's going to be hard pressed to see another running back do that. Uh, unless the cap gets up to like 275. In Kill Harry was the 32nd pick last year. He got a 10 million, he got a four year, $10 million contract. You just locked up your running back. For ten for the next four years with ten million dollars total, that's a really nice deal. Yeah, that's and, fine. I, and, I was pushing but, back but against that's, that beyond that. But, but that's but that's sort of my point. Is like people are like, oh, you're wasting first round. But it's like, yeah, but you just got a cost effective running back who is young, is a great pass catcher for a very cheap cost. And and if that fifth year option is say twelve million, now you have five years, twenty two million, which is still a bargain if he ends up being as good as we all think he can be in this Chiefs offense. I did like real quick just. The hit on their other picks. I, I thought their next three picks were pretty good. And the, I think the linebacker position on defense was also a weakness. Uh, they lost Reggie Ragland in free agency. Wouldn't it be surprising if Willie Gay Jr. Is, is starting at some point? Maybe he replaces Anthony Hitchens. Um, going offensive line in the third round, it wasn't like an urgent need where they needed a starter there. But we remember a year ago, they had some injuries up front, and it, that kind of affected their offense, especially with Mahomes on that ankle injury. So I like the idea that they're adding depth to protect Mahomes because that's obviously the most important thing for them to do moving forward. And then getting a safety in round forward and Sneed. Uh, look, they have Juan Thornhill who played really good, but he's coming off, I believe, an ACL that he suffered in week 17. So I do also like adding depth to the secondary in the fourth round. Yeah, and I'll say too, like we talked about those cornerbacks that went off early. Um, you know, there, Noah Benogany and Jeff Gladney went 30 and 31. So it's like the depth at cornerback, you know, got, got hit pretty hard right before the Chiefs. Uh, we're about to be on the clock. Isaiah Wilson, the right tackle, I guess would have at least been in consideration. Maybe Patrick Queen. Um, you know, Jordan Brooks went off the linebacker from Texas. So, I mean, you just had a bunch of these defensive guys that, that came flying off the board right before Kansas City was, was, was about to be up there. Yeah. And look, again, as much as I'm pushing back on the running back pick, I, like I would kill for him in fantasy. And I think he's going to be an absolute stud there for the next few years. Yep. For sure. All right. That's it. That's actually the show now. Uh, all 16 AFC teams graded out. Pete Prisco will join us tomorrow, dragging his little tan tail onto this podcast against his wishes. Uh, Pete will be, um, they've opened up the golf courses in Broward County. Do you going to go play some golf? I don't know if it's a good idea. What do you think? Uh, if you walk and, and you're, and you socially distance yourself, I think it's fine. Uh, Pete, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to ride on a cart. I'm not, I'm not going to golf with Pete. That's a no. <laughs> no. He'd be slapping your back and stuff. That's a good shot. Great shot. You suck. <laughs> uh, alright, that's it. Let's get out of here. Great show. Talk to you guys later. Exclusively on Paramount Plus. Cindy, 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 Cindy Lauper. Catch the new documentary critics are calling a revelation. She's gonna fight the fight. As Cindy Lauper reveals in her own words the inspiration behind her biggest hits. If you're doing what you love, magic. See what shaped music's most authentic superstar. When you're that different, you view other people as having a problem. Catch Cindy Lauper, Let the Canary Sing. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it for free. Terms apply.